A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Really in my power that yes, I'm public about it. And people are like, Oh, don't do that. Cause you'll put Nazar, which is like negative energy or people's, you know, uh, bad energy around you. Bad luck. Right. And th- don't put it up. But honestly, where I'm at a point in life where I feel like it doesn't matter. I'm me and the people around me um, can say what they want because I, whether, whatever it is, I love him. We're good together, but life is life. That's my one answer to everything. Now life is life. Whatever happens, listening to Project Loving Myself podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. I'm so glad you've joined me today. I have an episode that I think you're really going to connect to. Are you stuck in a situation that you don't want to be in? Are you trapped in an endless cycle of what you don't want, afraid to ask for more or to make a change? I know it is scary. Sometimes you don't even know where to start and it feels so overwhelming that you figure, well, it's safer to not even try. We stay stuck in undesirable situations because we are afraid of what would happen if we didn't. Fear can paralyze us, immobilize us, and keep us trapped in the drama of pain, mediocrity, trauma, or even guilt. It becomes our comfort zone, staying stuck more comfortable than finding a way out. Stockholm Syndrome happens when we become codependent on our abusive or dysfunctional situations in life. It comes from the observed phenomenon of individuals who are held in captivity or abuse, often after being kidnapped, who then develop positive feelings towards their captors or abusers over time. This condition is seen in situations of child abuse, coach-athlete abuse, relationship abuse, and yes, even sex trafficking. While Stockholm Syndrome is an extreme condition, I find that people become very comfortable and even dependent on their toxic relationships to the degree that they don't even realize how miserable they are. Or they know they are miserable, but they've given up trying to do anything about it. They live with it, figuring that they can't do better Or they just accept the faulty notion that life is suffering anyways. And it doesn't help when you grow up hearing things like, nothing is perfect. You can't have everything. You have to sacrifice 
adjust, or prioritize others. Do your duty. So then they don't ask questions like, is it time to walk away? Is this situation working for me? Do I deserve better? They just stay stuck, trapped in their own private hellhole. Are you one of them? But what if you mustered up the courage and took a step forward? Can you imagine the possibilities of what could be? Can you imagine a life where you can have everything you want without having to sacrifice who you are to get there? To be loved and accepted for who you are, not having to change a thing about yourself for anyone else. Unless, of course, you choose to want to be better, but that being your choice. You have to have a sense of an adventure and develop the quality of fearlessness to make this move. It takes self-love to choose yourself above everyone else and to keep doing it over and over again. While some people think that this is selfish, I for one think that it is a necessary ingredient to a meaningful and fulfilling life. You can choose yourself and still show up for the people that you love. And when you do that, you show up with so much more to give and bring to the table. So on today's episode, I bring you Natasha Moore, Chief Empowerment Officer of Natasha Moore Cosmetics. She is an award-winning global makeup artist and entrepreneur, a much-featured and sought-after personality, featured and interviewed by Vogue India, South China Morning Post, Hong Kong Tatler, Collegiate Times, India, Star World, Lifestyle Asia, among many others. But what sets Natasha apart is her courage to step out of a marriage that was not working, to follow her dreams, and to not settle for anything less than what she believed she deserved. Was it worth it? Let's find out from Natasha Moore. Welcome to the show, Natasha. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I loved your intro. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you on the show. I know, you know, the idea of bringing you on the episode came when I, you know, I was at a time, Natasha, where I started to see a lot of clients who were really struggling with situations that they were stuck in. And I was like, you know what? I need to do an episode for them. Yeah. Okay. And so that's how I reached out to you. And we finally made it work considering all the different time zones. You're (laughs) always, you know, going between. I mean, you just have the most amazing life of being being able to visit so many places. And I would love to know more about where that started. So can we start with what was it about your childhood that motivated you to become a makeup artist with a mission to empower women? Okay, well, first of all, thank you. I really appreciate that. My life is on a plane literally every three days. So thank you for bearing with me and my crazy time zones and finally being able to do this. It does look a lot easier on the outside. I am going to put that out there because I literally live on a plane and out of a suitcase sometimes. But again, it's always taking that positive spin and being able to look at the positive aspects of what's happening. Now, back to your question of how I really started this. And from my childhood, what really inspired me actually was, first of all, I was always the girl that did makeup on everyone. My teachers, my mom's friends, my friends, all the way from primary school up to high school, up to university. 
So I'd be the girl that everyone would come to when they wanted sexy, smoky eye on a night out. And I would always just make them feel really, really confident. And I don't know how, I didn't learn how, I just did it because I felt, and the reason I did it was just to see the reaction after. It wasn't really the process that I was enjoying because I was always bad at art. I wasn't very academically, I wasn't very good. I was <laughs> challenged, let's just put it that way. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm not smart, but I was really challenged. You're definitely smart. <laughs> You're definitely smart. I mean, look at what you've created. You have like Thank an you. empire at your age. I mean, that is incredible. Thank so, you. So, you know, for our, all our listeners, she's being really humble right now. <laughs> Going back to your story. Yes. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, I've always been that little girl that, you know, just wanted to make people happy. So first I thought it was just a passion for doing makeup on people. And, you know, I also got trapped in my own mind thinking that this is so superficial. You think that makeup is what makes people feel good. So there was a lot of stuff that I had to deal with on my own. And, you know, well, yes, from my childhood growing up, I grew up with, my fa I wouldn't call it a broken family, but my parents are divorced. So in my culture and in my society, it's not something that, well, now a lot of people are divorced. But back then, it wasn't something that was common. Right. And, you know, I was the only one who was without a full family. It was an only child. So being that lonely only child, I feel like I really tried to look after or like aspire to be friends with people to make them feel confident. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a really course. weird thing for a child to want, but that's what I wanted. Well, I mean, it makes sense because you didn't have anyone else around you. And so for you to kind of survive the situation, you needed yeah. people around you. You needed friends. For sure. And what's the best way to make friends is when you can, you know, either do something for them or you find something in common, yeah. something that kind of invites them into your life. So I totally get that. Yeah. In fact, you know, I have to share. Yeah, I have to share, Natasha. The first memory I have of meeting you was at a wedding. It was like, of course, one of those like weddings in a resort in a beautiful island. And you were doing someone's makeup. And, you know, you I don't think you were a makeup artist at that point. It was a really long time ago. But I remember that you were doing one of the girls there. You were doing her makeup and it was incredible. So I remember that and being like, whoa, who is this girl? You know, like, how did she just do that? And it was so quick. You were doing it like really quick. And then the girl <laughs> turned around and I was like, whoa, you know, it oh, was, wow. it was pretty, pretty incredible to watch you way back then. So that's my memory of you that, you know, there was this girl and she just did this incredible job. That's amazing. And the other person was just, she looked stunning and she felt good, clearly. Wow, that's so nice to know because my memory is actually very bad. So people always remind me. And it's actually a good thing because then I do things and I just kind of go for it and do what my heart says. I've always been that kind of a person. So when I'm in the, like, if I feel like doing something for someone, I will do it. If I feel like saying something to someone, I will say it. So the amount of people that have come to me now and they're like, you know, I met you eight years ago and you told me that I felt really, really bad ugly this is what this one girl told me and she was like and I was wearing this yellow dress and I felt like I didn't look good and you came up to me and you told me I looked pretty and because of that my whole night changed mm. and I was like what I'm so happy I do that's what makes me want to do more of what I know is me right even though I mean we'll we'll get into all the judgment stuff later but yeah even though I was told that I couldn't do certain things 
Okay, so so here you are. You yeah. are in a childhood where you don't have a traditional family, yes. right? And you're in a society, in a community where that's not normal. So you're already yes. starting off kind of not on an equal footing with everybody else, right? Yes. And so you figure out that, okay, makeup is something I can bond with other, like other girls with, right? Yes. And so that's how you get started. Yes. Okay. Now, how did that change from someone who was doing it just for fun for other girls you were friends with to actually making a career out of makeup like how did you just make that leap so there's a full story as soon as I got out of university I actually studied fashion PR I was really good at photography that was something that I was very adamant about doing I wanted again the same reason it made people feel confident and I knew how to get people's angles. So it was kind of the same messaging was always going to be there with whatever work I was doing. So with fashion PR, I was studying in London. I got out of university. I got a great job in Hong Kong. And I ended up working for fashion TV, mm-hmm. fashion one. I was front of camera. And then I got approached to help someone start up a PR and marketing firm. Okay. So I was working literally, you know, startup life. And I didn't know what was a startup life when I was 22. I didn't even know what startup was. You know, it, This was 10 years ago. I just kind of was thrown into it. And I didn't realize what was happening. But it was such a blessing in disguise because I literally set up everything from the logo to actual content, like what we're doing for the company. Amazing. So I remember one of our biggest clients was Chopard. And I had to throw this big PR event. And they were listening to this 22-year-old girl giving them PR advice and tips and strategies. And I don't know where this confidence came from, but I was really good at PR. I and I was very it. confident about it. Amazing. Like, I don't know. I was such a... I don't like using the word bossy as a negative connotation. I like saying it because I think it's a great thing to be bossy. I think being bossy means that you know what you want and you go for it. Right. So, yes, I was always a bossy kid and looked on as a negative thing, but I think it really benefited me in the work space. I'm going to interrupt you for a second because I I just picked up on something that I wanted to say. So, you know, this whole idea of women being bossy is kind of this negative thing. Yeah. And when you have a woman who knows what she wants and who communicates it very directly, sometimes she's seen as being bossy. But that's the interesting thing, right, about the word bossy. Bossy is how somebody else perceives you. Yes. But like you wouldn't say like we wouldn't say like I'm a bossy person. It's just, you know, that's what other people think of you. Yes. Whereas for you, it's like, I know what I want. Yeah. I know what I'm saying. Yeah. I know what I want to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to put that out there that for those of you who feel like you're bossy, you know, that's what other people think about you. Yes. But it's perfectly okay. And take a page from Natasha's book because she has created this very successful company. She's done so many incredible things by being what somebody else might see as bossy. And you know, if she's 22 and she's pitching to Chopard, (laughs) I mean, great for her, you know, like being bossy, I think is it's great. So don't take it as a negative thing. Exactly. So even when I was a kid, you know, a lot of the teachers would say, oh, she's very bossy and she's very strong. (laughs) And now I look back, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I really was. And you know what? That's what drives me and what motivates me in life is that bossy and, you know, dedication and determination to succeed or to want things being done. As long as you're not harming anyone, you're doing something with good intention. 
but anyway, moving back to the story, because yeah. I can go on and on and on about being, you know, powerful and feeling confident about it. So we did get that client with Chopard, but we also had several divisions of this company. So we had, you know, we had to hire models. I had to suddenly write scripts for infomercials. And because I was such a business-minded person, I saw stock in the back corner of like products that needed to be sold, separate part of the company. And I was like, why don't we make infomercials? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? And I just kind of, he was like, sure, do it, but you have to do everything. I'm like, all right, cool. And he threw me into the deep end in a very positive way. And I did a lot. I hired the models, I hired the talent, and then it came to oh, I need to have a bruise on this model's arm because we need to show that we're healing a product. So I started to use my makeup skills and started creating bruises. I just checked on YouTube. How do you make fake bruises? I didn't study special effects. And I finally mastered the art. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so good at this. It's not just <laughs> about like, how the hell did I make that look like a bruise? And it's not just about beauty, but it was also the art aspect. Right. So then I had people at events that I would go to. So for example, the show part event that we did and a bunch of others, I had people saying, your makeup is beautiful. Can you do mine? And I was like, okay, I'm going to make some side money because I want to. So I would side hustle. I started working and doing clients and I realized the power that I had, the transformative power that I had in their personality, not in their faces. Because anyone can make you look beautiful, but there's only a very few people that can make you feel beautiful. And that's what I really genuinely believe I'm able to bring to my clients. And, you know, from there, it took off. I got brides from all over the world that would fly me out. It was word of mouth. So one after the other started calling me to the point where I was back to back every five days I was in a different country. And I'm talking like Manila, Mexico, Thailand, Bali, literally, and it sounds amazing, but no sleep and just brides. And it's intense work. Right. But it was the best feeling. Every time I would be tired, jet lagged, whatever it was, I would just look at her face when she was happy and I'd be like, oh, I can't believe I did that to her, her smile, not her makeup, her smile. And that inner happiness, I wasn't able to ever feel that myself because I grew up really fat, really insecure, bad skin. And I was always bullied in school. When I was in Hong Kong, I was bullied. When I went to Manila, I studied for a year. I was in CSA okay. and I was completely bullied in school. And, you know, I just didn't know how to get myself to feel confident. And maybe I turned to makeup for it, but I saw that I was able to make these women feel that power. And that's what made me want to do this forever. I noticed that a lot, you know, that... People make their purpose often about what they lacked, what they didn't get, you know, and so it's almost like all those challenges we grew up with or all those challenges that were particular to ourselves is what set us up yeah. to actually, you know, do something incredible with it. Definitely. And, you know, another thing that I kind of want to highlight from your story is that you went into a career, probably, I mean, as you said, it was kind of accidentally that you found yourself becoming a makeup artist, right? But you went into a career, which I know traditionally is not a very lucrative career. Like yes. a lot of makeup artists, I have friends and people I know who say like, it's not an easy job. You don't make a lot of money. And it's very hard to have like a successful career as a makeup artist. And here you are, 
you found like a niche brides that obviously, you know, you were able to grow with that. And it was something that allowed you to travel the world. You made a brilliant, I would say, career from that. How did you do that, Natasha? It's like you changed the rules of the game. And not only did you find that niche, which is like, you know, working with brides initially, but you built an entire brand yourself as a makeup artist. So I call that being like a game changer. You know, you totally like flip the rules. You did something different. Tell me, like, how did you do that? And what tips would you give someone else who, you know, might be also looking for an out of the box kind of approach or perspective to their life? So this is actually a very good question, because as soon as I wanted to quit that job, I told my dad and he was like, I told him, I'm like, but I call him Papa. I'm like, Papa, how am I ever going to make money being a makeup artist? I want to be a billionaire. Do you not understand? And <laughs> I was so I was so honest and genuine and and it was so innocent. I was like, because I, I have my reasons why I want to make a lot of money. I'll get into all those things later. But that was my pure purpose. I was like, I want to make money. And I told my father and he was like, darling, do you realize that if you love something, and I know we hear this all the time, but if you truly love something, you will find a way and money will just come to you. Yeah. And so I truly loved what I did. And I was like, okay, I quit my job. I had no money. I didn't rely on my parents ever. And that's one thing that I personally have always wanted to do because I just, for me, I wanted to grow this on my own. Right. And I just believed that I could do it. And I, you know, took on every job that came my way. I worked my butt off really. And I put, like you mentioned in your intro, I was actually put in a situation where I kind of had to do it and people don't realize that. So when I was getting a divorce, that was really difficult because again, our society, it's not actually just Indians. I think it's Asians in general. It's not something that we're used to, right? Or we weren't back like five years ago, even it was, you know, I had people coming up to me all the time being like, why are you traveling so much? How can you do so much makeup on people? How can you, you're a woman, you shouldn't be traveling every week, like men saying this to me. And I would honestly just think, I would obviously think, wow, I, I can't believe what horrible human I am, what kind of a horrible human I am, because yeah, maybe it is because of me that I'm ruining the reputation of people around. Obviously you start to doubt yourself. But then I said, what the hell, man? If this was a man, no one would say anything. Right. Like there's so many men that travel, but there's no issues. They're not like, oh, you need to sit, stay at home and be a mom. While I, of course, want to be a mother. I want to have that life, but I also need to build a life of my own. I'm getting a divorce. I, you know, lost a lot of money at that time. And I had to start myself from scratch again. While I was going through my divorce, I ended up losing all the money that I had saved for this brand that I wanted to launch. And the reason I wanted to launch this brand was because I, you know, I, I was doing these brides and I found that there was no product in the market that was actually long lasting, moisturizing, hydrating. And I would actually build my own formulas from scratch. And then my brides would be like, oh my God, this lipstick, I want to take it home. I remember my first few brides, they'd be like, can you just make a batch for me? And I'm like, I just use different brands. I don't know what the hell I was doing. And I would make a batch and give it to them. <laughs> and then they would just kind of always call me and be like, you know, that shade that you gave me was so good. So then I started formulating. I saved up all my money from the bridal work I was doing. 
And then, you know, because of personal issues that I had, I ended up not having that money anymore. And I was put in a position where I was like, shit. I don't know if I can say that, but shit. Yeah, you can um, say it. What do I do? I'm stuck. I'm lost. I'm alone. I am a girl who's traveling internationally. You know, it wasn't as frequent. And then I just, I guess, manifested the happy faces, as cheesy as that sounds. And I just kept visualizing my brides being really happy. And I got one after the other after the other. And I just treated them the way I wanted to be treated. Because at my wedding, I was treated horribly by just, the, or well, not by people, but by things that happened. Like, I had an allergic reaction that suddenly happened on my wedding day. And, you know, there's just little things like I got late because of another person. And things that I didn't want to happen to me on my wedding day happened. Like, you know, my hair was up in a bun and that I didn't want, but I was forced to do. It was just silly things like that. Then when you said that, you know, sometimes these things make you drive you to find your purpose. Mm -hmm. That's why I always look at all the negative things that have happened to me. And I look at them as, you know what, these are lessons for me, but also so that I'm able to guide other people Yeah. and be like, you know what, this is what you need to do. So that's my purpose. So back to the launch of the product, I finally, you know, started taking all these brides again. I started taking a lot of work, makeup classes, and then I started to launch. And then I eventually, a year later, saved up enough money again, and then I launched the brand. And when I launched it, a month before launch, I had named all of them. I started the process of, you know, just product marketing and doing all the development. So I named all of them and I wanted them to be powerful affirmations because when I was going through my own divorce and all that, I felt that there was a need for me to do good for someone and not just people who were paying me money. So I thought, okay, yes, of course they feel beautiful. They pay me a lot of money. They fly me, of course. What about people who need that confidence boost the most. So I worked with victims of human trafficking. I worked with women's shelters. I worked with drug and rehab centers. I worked with homeless shelters and special needs kids. And either I did their makeup or I spent time with them. But when I did the makeup for the victims of human trafficking, that's what inspired me. Because you go into their room, you can't talk to them. You're in this position where you you don't know what's going to trigger them. Also, I'm just going to do their makeup. It's very scary for them. They're like, what is this woman just randomly coming to do? So then I would do their makeup. And as soon as I did their makeup, they suddenly had a boost of confidence. And, wow. you know, they would look at the lip shades, which I named Game Changer, just by the way. Yes. Game Changer, Hustler, Drive, CEO, Ambition, Boss, Legacy. And the women that were taking care of these women were 72 years old, 73 years. They were like, and the pimps would come to their houses and abuse them and try and take these women away. Wow. So I remember I gave them lipsticks and they were like, this is the most beautiful feeling. Like it's such a small thing. It's makeup, but it makes you feel so good. And that's when I was like, this is my purpose in life. Yeah. I'm going to make everyone happy with Natasha Moore Cosmetics. Amazing. And you know, some of the other names of your products, I know there's Fearless, there's Empowered, there's Bulletproof. Yeah, I, I have a bulletproof. bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, I want Bulletproof you. too. <laughs> nice. I'm using Bulletproof with a new lip liner that we're launching soon. So Ooh, it's a dark that's, combo. It like pops more. So I'm wearing, I'm wearing Bulletproof without that lip liner, but I was like, I'm going on with Natasha Moore. I'm going to wear one of, and I wear them a lot. So I really love the products that you have, but Thank I want to go back to kind of these names, yeah. right? Natasha, the way you've kind of branded your product, there's a message in all of it. So 
I feel like you're saying something with your makeup and you've kind of also talked about that. The way I look at it is the story of your brand is really the story of your life. You know, I have personally worked with a lot of women who are afraid to be alone. They're afraid to stand up for themselves, find their own identity. And they're also kind of trying to figure who they are as a woman in a world with a lot of different, I would say, standards and expectations of women, you know, and a lot of women also stay in these unhappy, lonely marriages not working out, relationships not working out for their own, you know, reasons. So can we talk a little bit about how the story of your brand is kind of your journey Mm. And if you don't mind talking a little bit about that part of your life too, which is coming out of the marriage and then, you know, pursuing your dream. And I really kind of want to hear this from you because another thing I wanted to share with you is I feel like a lot of people think that there's no way out of their situation. Like there's nothing better than where they're at. And you are definitely the story of someone who might have, if she made a very different decision, lived a completely different life. A life where, you know, you would have been married, you would have had kids, a very small, I'm sure it it could have been a very happy life, but a very, you know, like it's a much smaller life. You know, it's more about your family and those are very important things. But you actually stepped out of that whole kind of typical path of a girl in your community, in our community. Mm -hmm. And you did something completely different. And not only that, you didn't do it, like you did it on your own, on your own merit, but you were able to meet someone special in your life. You know, you are traveling the world, you are doing all kinds of amazing, you know, different experiences, opportunities. I know you walk the ramp Mm -hmm. in the week. I mean, the things you've done, had you stayed in your previous situation, I don't think any of that might have happened. Mm. And so you are a story of someone who actually had to have that courage to not know if it was going to work out for you. And it worked out for you so beautifully. So kind of from that perspective. First of all, I have complete goosebumps because I haven't been in Hong Kong in two years. And that's exactly what I've been feeling since I've been here. I've been like, oh my goodness. Not that I don't like Hong Kong. I love it. But it's just, it reminded me of the life that I had when I was here. And, you know, I'm shocked and I'm very proud of myself for actually having the courage to do that. And going back to the brand and how I... The brand is literally a representation of me. It's so funny that you said that because when I meet with buyers and stuff, I try to explain to them that the brand is so representative of me because in the beginning, even from the shade names, you can tell from the start, we have shades like Conquer, Alter Ego, Hustler, Game Changer. And now we have like gratitude, courage, confident, genuine (laughs) trust. Like It's so interesting to see that the progress of the brand. You could see that it's so much evolution. The evolution of it is it's your evolution, right? It really is. Yeah. And it's so interesting, but I just had to tell you about that. And courage is by the way, a new lip liner that we're launching. So I, and I fully agree with the fact that that is the number one thing you need is courage. It's hard. It's so hard. You feel alone, feel like there's no way out. 
I also felt like there was no way out. But I think for me, I don't like to say anything negative about people if I'm very honest. Yeah. So I'm not going to say anything negative about my ex. He's a lovely person. We were just two very different people. And, you know, and again, even with men, I'm not saying, oh my God, all these men were so awful. I had. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Men that really supported me. My dad was emotionally there for me. My brother, my cousin brother, Raj, he was there for me. You know, I had a lot of people who were there to support me emotionally. But... Well, it was for me, I think I just really believed that there was more to my life. And I don't remember what the aha moment was. You know, sometimes you think, what was that moment where you were like, I'm done? I kind of know it was a situation and a fight that happened. But I was just kind of like, you know what? I remember this. Okay. My best friend, this just came to me. My best friend in the whole wide world, she calls me and she's like, Look, Natasha, if you want to get a divorce, you've been in a relationship with this guy for 10 years. This is probably very Asian, Indian, whatever you want to call it, mentality. Love her to bits. And she said to me, you have to be okay with maybe being alone for the rest of your life because no one is going to marry you. And that's when I was like, what? She's like, maybe no one will marry you because you'll be divorced and you'll have that divorce sign and no one is going to approve of a girl who's divorced. And I remember... That's when I was like, okay, now I really got to think about this. I want a family. I want children. I didn't even think that there was a life beyond our bubble. Right. And sometimes you just got to realize, dude, there's a big life out there. There's so much opportunity for yourself, whether you want to start from scratch, whether you want to, there's so much you can do. But if you're not happy, then I'm not telling everyone, if you're not happy, get a divorce. I believe in working on things as well. But for me, I did six months of it, of working on it. I was married for three years and it just didn't feel like I was going to be happy with this person. And now that I look back, I'm like, I'm really glad I make th- made that decision, even for him. Because he would have not been able to handle me because I'm, I'm so difficult to deal with also, you know. It's always two people. So because we're 100%. such different people... There's no way he could have handled the way that I travel, the way that I fly, the way that I'm, I'm bossy. It's not for his personality. Whereas I ended up dating someone else after I dated, you know, and it worked. But then that also didn't work out for me. And that was also very public. That was traumatizing for me because I was like, shit, now what? Everyone's going to think that, no, I'm untouchable. I can't get married. I can't be this. And then... I finally just decided after that breakup that I am so much better than anything else. And I love myself. And at the end of the day, even if no one ends up loving me, I know that my intentions for everyone around me is good. So I'm going to only attract that energy. 
That might sound a little too spiritual, but yeah. No, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's so reflective of you. You know, it's so reflective of how I see you. Now, I want to point something out. Yes. I don't know too much about your relationship because I got to know you after that, right? So, but the person you married, you were in a relationship with him for 10 years. Yes, six years dating. Six years and then... Three years married, so like nine years. Which is interesting, right? Like you knew each other for a while. Yes. But when you got married, it was different. And I... I recognize that that happens. And I think a lot of people get stuck thinking it was okay for the initial time. It was great then. So I'm going to stick it out and see if it's going to go back to where it was. But I think what happens is people change. People change in relationships. And either they will grow together and come back to kind of finding that common ground, that understanding, or they're going to grow apart. And it's never, I don't ever believe that one person is wrong or it's somebody's fault. Uh, So I totally agree with you when you're like, it's not about who that person was. It's about, you know, recognizing that you want different things. Yes. And you're not able to support each other and love each other the way each of you needed. Yes. Right. And so for you to move away from that was the right decision for you. Yes. Even though it was a huge risk considering you know, the, yeah, the culture you come from. Yes. That was the risk. Right? Yes. That was the biggest risk. Right. But you took the risk. I took the risk. Yeah. You took the risk. I took the risk. Another thing I wanted to unpack is you said something like, there's a whole world out there. Yeah. There is a whole world of what could be out there. Yeah. And I think that one thing you've realized, and I apologize if I'm speaking for you, but I think one thing you've recognized is that you can have all of that. Like you can be that boss babe and you can have, you know, your dream and your purpose, but you can also have somebody in your life. Mm -hmm. It just has to be someone who's going to get you. You know what I mean? Like it has to be someone who's going to be okay with everything about you that is not going to conflict or clash with their view of life. And there are plenty of people like that, right? You know, so like, and I'm saying this, Natasha, because for me, I married someone who's very much in my culture, right? And you know him, of course, very much in my culture. And I grew up, or at least at some point in my life, for more than a decade, I went into a completely different path of life. That was also very unconventional. It was not so acceptable in my community. And I was kind of on my own thing, my own trajectory. And out of nowhere, I met my husband who is actually from my community. Yeah. Quite what I would have not expected to end up with. And what makes it work because I am very different from everybody else who I'm friends with here or who are my husband's friends. I am different in so many ways, Yeah. but he gets it. You know what I mean? Like he's, he doesn't try to change that about me. He doesn't like, you know, I travel and go off for my classes and I, you know, I, I mean, we both have, we have kids together, but it's not me taking care of the kids. I mean, he's taking care of the kids as much as I am and sometimes more. And so it's really about being with someone who can understand your vision for yourself, who gets you. And Yes, you were in another relationship after your divorce. It didn't work out. Yes. You're in another relationship now mm-hmm. and you keep going until you find somebody who gets you. Yeah. Right? That's the game. Yes. Right? So I do have to ask though, 
How old were you when you met your husband? 30. So that's where I was going to get at. I don't believe that age is a big factor, but I do believe that when I turned 30, the people I was attracting or the energy that I was able to, I feel like you're just more comfortable with yourself. The first date I went on with my boyfriend right now, I was like, look, I'm not dealing with this, 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 this is me, this is me, this. I would have never done that when I was 25 or when I met my ex-boyfriend. I wouldn't have been so direct, you know? And I feel like now I'm really in my power that, yes, I'm public about it. And people are like, oh, don't do that because you'll put Nazar, which is like negative energy or people's, you know, uh, bad energy around bad, you. Bad luck. Bad, bad luck, right? And th- don't put it up. But honestly, we're, I'm at a point in life where I feel like it doesn't matter. I'm me and the people around me can say what they want because I, whatever it is, I love him. We're good together. But life is life. That's my one answer to everything now. Life is life. Whatever happens, happens. So, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why I call the podcast Project Loving Myself. Because it all comes down to the journey of learning to love yourself. Yes. Because you've gotten to a point where you love yourself completely, as you said, you know, that it doesn't matter what anyone else is going to say or think about you because you know where you stand with yourself. Yes. Which is why you can go on a date with someone and be like, this is me. This is okay <laughs> with me. This is, you know, you can be like, look, this is who I am. Yeah. Either you're going to love me or you're going to hate me. That's and it's exactly okay. Yep. <laughs> right. It's okay because yeah. I love myself and I only, I only want to be with someone who can love me in the same way. Yes. But there is a lot of fear. And I know this because I also deal with a lot of women and there's so much fear with, but what if I say those things and he runs away? So what? He's not the right guy. It's as simple as that or right girl or whatever, you know, if they don't appreciate you for the true person that you are, first and foremost, you need to find yourself. I think that's the deeper rooted problem that people tend to have is that they don't even know who they are or what they want especially in closed, smaller communities, they feel like, you know, you're so blindsided by what is around you and what you're brainwashed with. Yeah. And even talking about this right now, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of shit for it. Like, oh, she spoke about divorce. Oh, she spoke about... But at the end of the day, I don't care anymore <laughs> because I know the people that I'm helping. And I know that this, if this is going to inspire someone to really understand that you need to find yourself first to love yourself, know what you really want and then you'll start to love yourself and then people around you will truly love yourself and another thing is I used to think that loving myself meant only on the exterior right I I thought oh I don't love myself at all because and until today I completely look in the mirror and I give myself a lot of crap I'm like I don't you know your skin doesn't look good you're overweight I that is a problem I've always had I'm very critical of myself Mm -hmm. and so I thought I didn't love myself So that kind of stopped me from understanding that now what I know is that I really love the person that I am because I'm a really nice person. And I can say that with no, like, it's not cocky in any way. I'm not like, you know, I am a really good person. I have very good intentions for people. And that's where my confidence came from, not from the outside. Beautiful. And, you know, so self-care is not self-love number one. So I think people get lost in that. And I think the second point that I want to also draw out from what you said is like, it's about 
seeing the good in you, like seeing what is your, like, what is my superpower? What makes me someone that is so lovable? And I think we're so busy criticizing or blaming or finding what's wrong with us that we forget to see what is good in us. Yes. And also I want to add what you're also describing is like the journey. I call it like the project loving myself journey, right? Like you find yourself first, you fall in love with yourself. Then you start to recognize, oh, I know who I am which is why I can now say I also know what I want. And then you put that out to the world. I will not settle for anything less than that. This is me. This is what I want. And so you become very clear. There's a lot of clarity. And when you have clarity, you can make better choices because the choices you make are going to be aligned with who you are and what you want. Okay. And then what happens is you end up attracting someone who is exactly on the same kind of vibration as you, on the same frequency. And you actually attract someone who is so much better suited to you because you know who you are. And therefore, you can, you know, communicate that to someone else. They can see who you are. And that makes for a very happy and healthy relationship. Yes. So I've actually like, I'm actually developing right now. That's like my new thing is I've been working on this program. It's like my soulmate program, how to attract Mm -hmm. your soulmate. And this is the journey. It's about like, you know, going through and letting go of all the crap in your life just to find who you are and then put that out. And then you should attract someone who is exactly right for you. Yes. So what have you learned from relationships? What have you learned from the divorce, you know, meeting you, you had another relationship and now you're in a different one. It feels like, like when I, when I follow like some of your posts, it's like, I can see the difference in energy of the person you're with and who you are with that person. Like it comes across for sure, and it, it feels like you're in a kind of a very healthy, good relationship right now. Not, and I'm not saying anything else was not that it's just where you are right now looks like it's a really good place for you. So talk to me about, you know, maybe insights or things you've learned about relationships. I think the first, the biggest thing ever is that you should really trust your gut (laughs) because I always knew when something was wrong. And yet like exactly like what you just said in my previous relationship, I was very insecure and I had this feeling in my gut that something was wrong and I never trusted it. I just never trusted it. And then, you know, it turned, it backfired on me two years later, but it's fine because I learned from it. And if that didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have been able to come into this third relationship as the person that I am. I wouldn't have been able to go on so many dates (laughs) in Los Angeles and just be like, you know what? This is me. This is very comfortable, very confident. I don't know where this Natasha came from, if I'm very honest with you, but I was very happy that that happened. So trust your gut. Number one thing from you know, we were, my ex-husband and I, like I said, we were in a relationship for about nine years, right? Those six years, I always knew something was not right. And yet I still was like, no, no, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. Trust your gut. The second thing is, I guess, I get, yes, obviously learn to love yourself, but I know this sounds crazy, but I do believe in some form of compromise. Like both parties have to somehow, you know, you're not going to agree to everything. And so you have to find a way to really communicate. And that for me is important, communication and compromise. And it's not like, oh, women should really compromise and say, no way. Men do it too. It's a two-way thing. 
and just friendship. I think being with someone who is really your true best friend, who you can be comfortable with. I'll give you an example. I I had moved to LA just in March, and I just met this guy who I'm you know with, and it's three months into our relationship. Three months, and my skin just. I broke out. I had a very bad experience. I had acne all over. And I'm in the beauty industry. It's my biggest insecurity. You know, I had burns on my face. And this amazing human made me feel so freaking beautiful. Even though I didn't go out of my house. I was crying every day. I was in depression mode. He just made me feel so beautiful. He was like, you're so pretty. And I would look at him like, you're actually insane. Like, I don't know what's wrong (laughs) with you. (laughs) But it was things like that that like I could be comfortable sitting on a sofa with him with my face like it was a disaster I'm not I'm not joking and I'm I'm not even exaggerating it to any point but the reason again the reason that happened to me is so that I can be comfortable with people when I'm touching their skin telling them what to do what not to do so I'm taking the positive out of everything right so yeah friendship is very important and trust amazing Friendship and trust. And I think being comfortable, right? Like that was another thing you said is like being able to be completely, you know, comfortable with someone. That's when, you know, I think you're with someone, you know, someone who's a keeper. If they see you at your worst and they still see the best about you. Yes. Right. Yes, for sure. And another tip that I always say to my friends is actually, this is something that was told to me whenever, you know, when you have your best friend, let's say your best girl, your girlfriend, and you have something that you don't like about her, the way that you tell her is going to be very different to the way you communicate something you don't like about your boyfriend to your boyfriend. With your boyfriend, you're probably going to be like, I don't like this. Why did you know this? It's very snappy and rough and just not nice. Whereas with your girlfriend, it would take you a while, first of all, to say that you don't like something. You may not even say it. But sometimes I actually think that that's how you should treat your boyfriend as your girlfriend in a weird way. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because there's more respect. And it's I'm about respect. On yeah. But that's what it is. It's about respect. respect. To yeah. me, that's respect, you know, is being respectful. And that's why, you know, you, you said the word compromise. And a lot of people do cringe at that word yeah. compromise. Either, you know, there's a feeling of I have to compromise a lot in a relationship or why should I compromise? And then that's the ego. So, yeah. The way I look at it is it's not really like for me, I look at it as it's about understanding the other person and adjusting some of your behavior or your choices to make it more comfortable for the other person, which we do in friendships. Yes. Right. We We do do that with our friends. Right. Like if you know that something's going to trigger your friend, you might just kind of be a little bit more sensitive towards your friend about that. Right. So it's kind of respecting the other person and understanding where they're coming from. Yes. And, you know, adjusting like, you know, adjusting yourself a little bit. And I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't feel so much because I've been married for about 12 years now, I don't feel so much that I've compromised as much as I've learned to understand. Okay, that's you know, good. I, right? Like I used to be the type of person, like my laptop was always open and my husband would be like, it's the weekend. Can yeah. you like put it down? And I'm like, my first instinct was like, no, why should I? Like, that's my yeah. job. Like, that's my work. Like, you know, I kind of wanted to respond with like some retort or something. And then I'm like, you know, he just wants to be with me. That's yeah, all it's about. He exactly. wants my undivided attention. So now I've understood where he's coming from. And so now I'm not compromising 
you know, to say, okay, laptop is away for the weekend. It's kind of like, okay, I get it. It's sweet. You know, I I want to do that now. I want to, I want to be able to kind of respect or acknowledge what you want from the situation or what you want from me. And so I think kind of going in with that mindset has made it a lot easier because I I used to be the type of person, I was a compromise, no way. I don't want to compromise for someone because I'm pretty also, you know, I'm pretty bossy, I guess you would say. (laughs) Yeah, bossy in my own way. Yeah. All right. So I have another kind of big question for you. What do you think has helped you heal grow as a person through these relationships, through the work you've done, through your businesses, you know, through everything you've done, what has been kind of like your go-to way of maintaining your well-being or letting go of the past? Like, what do you do for that aspect? A lot, actually. I'm constantly working on my mental health. I have a spiritual healer I speak to. I do the work to actually make myself forgive and be more positive because of course in every business and entrepreneur life is not easy. So there's ups and downs and ups and downs and there's a constant battle. Like, you know, it's not always happy all the time. I work out a lot. You know, I try and I try and keep myself active because that does help a lot. I try and eat really clean. I try not to block my mind with gluten and sugar at all. So I've cut that out because I do think that it's really helped me. The other thing is I actually believe in affirmations. So I genuinely listen to affirmations every night. And, you know, even just today, like the reason why I created the products, the lip colors in itself, I want people to be like, you know what? I'm having a really rough day. I'm going to put some willpower on and I'm going to feel confident today. Or I'm going to put some bulletproof on and I'm just going to feel like I've got this. And, I, you know, I'm bulletproof. No one can come near me and affect me. And it, that was the intention is that you put it on, you say it, you feel good when you wear it, obviously, because you wouldn't have bought the shade. And then you walk out and that's your day. You're always going to, that's like the last thing you put on and you walk out and feel so powerful or even powerful which is a very popular shade in Manila. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so affirmations are something that I strongly advise people to do. And even just writing down or saying things that make you feel more positive. And I preach this, but I need to practice it more myself. I do it, but I don't do it enough. Should do it well, more. you know, a lot, a lot of us do things kind of as a reminder to ourselves, as much yes. as we're helping other people, we're also helping ourselves. And that's perfectly, yes. you know, perfectly valid. Um, so yeah. Now, not only do you have this like pretty big vision with Natasha Moore Cosmetics, you also have a pretty inspiring mission. So tell us a little bit more about the Do More initiative. And I know you, you mentioned like this, you know, working with the sex traffickers and so on. I know this is all part of that initiative. So tell us a little bit about that. So do more started with that, actually just going to the women's shelters. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I also worked with homeless kids and, you know, special needs children, but I don't work with them to do their makeup. I actually just go and spend time with them because I felt like kids or people my age, I was 25, 25, 26, people my age weren't doing things for other people. And so, and if they were, you know, it wasn't 
maybe they were, but it wasn't just something that was happening regularly. And I felt like people could really just do more. And it then turned into this whole happiness project of mine, where I genuinely think that everyone should just be nice. It's as simple as being nice to another human being. It's like, don't talk behind someone's back, support another woman's business, don't be competitive. So that is all falling under the umbrella of do more. It's my initiative, which is stems back to the reason why I said I want to be this huge billionaire and super successful. It's because I actually want to create do more and be able to make a big impact in this world in a way where it actually makes people really nice. And I don't mean to sound like miscongeniality or, you know, like this world. <laughs> I just want world peace. But actually, at the end of the day, when people are nice or when people feel really confident, they become really nice, right? Yeah. It's just a, a natural reflex. You feel pretty. Unfortunately, what happens is, well, fortunately, but you feel pretty, You but you are so nice to the people around you. How much nicer are you to your husband <laughs> when you feel pretty? I know I am yeah. to my boyfriend. It just naturally happens. And I saw this even with the brides. As soon as their makeup was on, they were nicer to the wedding planners. They were nicer to the children around them, everyone. <laughs> it just happens. And so I think my do more initiative is really just to impact people in a much deeper way. I don't want to be another makeup artist or a brand that is someone that you can't relate to. I was trying to put this in the right way. Mm -hmm. Someone that you can't relate to. I want you, I want people and my customers to feel like they can really connect with me as a girlfriend, as a friend, as someone they'll be like, they'll send me a selfie and they'll say, hey, which lip shade will look good on me? And I want to respond because that's what I do. And I want to be able to do that no matter how big I grow, because I think that that's the important part of you know, capturing the essence of Natasha Moore and Natasha Moore Cosmetics is that I'm not some diva. I'm not some superstar. I'm actually someone who's building a brand to make you feel super confident and beautiful. And the best way to do that is to connect with you as a friend, right? So as much as I can do that, that's my goal with Do More. I love the message. I love everything actually about what you've done, what you've accomplished. You. I, you know, I think it's a, it's an incredible inspiration for people. And I wish more people would more. It's like the word, <laughs> you said the more, so the word more. I know I keep saying more, you know, and I'm I like, love oh, it. okay. Yeah. It comes right back to, you know, to do you. More. <laughs> do more really, you know, if we could just do a little bit more for the people around yes. us. Yes. But most importantly, if we could do a bit more for ourselves, because yes. I think when, you know, giving the example of how everyone is just nicer when they yeah. feel good, when they look good and it comes down to worthiness, right? At the end yes. of the day, when you look good, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, wow, it's about, oh, I'm actually enough. Yeah. I'm good enough. And yeah. when you are fulfilled, when you feel like you're enough, it's so much easier to walk through your life giving, you know, your goodness, your kindness, exactly. sharing your light with everybody else. But if you're empty and you're struggling and you're in this life where you're like, I'm just not happy. I'm not in this great situation. I am miserable. Then what are you going to give to anyone else? Exactly. So I'm actually bringing us right back to how I started this episode. It comes down to learning to love yourself, having the courage, you know, chasing your dreams and just being the best you can be with other people. Which yeah. brings me to my last question. What is your project loving myself mantra? 
something you live by, something you want to share with our listeners? You know, what are you like captured in one statement for me, Natasha? What would you say? So I end up loving myself more. I know this might sound a little different to or something you probably haven't heard before. But for me, my friends call me Santa Claus. And it genuinely makes me happy to see other people happy. And so if I selfishly do things sometimes, because I maybe it's the only child or whatever, only child syndrome, but I selfishly want to please people around me always. And so I would say my mantra is just to be a really kind person. And you can conquer with kindness. You can do anything with just being a really nice person and paying it yeah. forward. That's what I would put out there. Like however you can help. Yes. Absolutely. So fitting for our episode today. Thank you, Natasha. Thank, Thank you for you. kind of sharing your story, for being so candid about everything and really just inspiring us with your journey, with your story. So if people want to follow you, if they want to buy your product, if they want to learn more about the Do More initiative, how do they find you? Where do they go? So we're in Sephora in Southeast Asia. So we're actually in the Philippines as well online. Sephora, Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Dubai. We haven't launched just yet. We're in Macy's in the US and we're launching in more places. We're going to be launching in Dubai and London and India very soon. Honestly, guys, her products are amazing. Thank you. I've been using them for the longest time. And, you know, I, I love makeup. So I'm always buying lots of makeup, but I always come back to Natasha Moore's products. So Thank here you. is, you know, my completely behind her product. And how do they follow you? On my Instagram, Natasha.more. And if you guys need recommendations, send me selfies. It doesn't go to anyone but me. I respond to everything myself. I love responding to myself. Natasha.more, M-O-O-R, no E. That's how my boyfriend found me on my first date. I spelt my name like that. (laughs) We didn't take each other's numbers. So I'm always going to spell my name like that now. M-O-O-R, no E. Awesome. And by the way, she has some great stories, reels about her travels all over the world. So it's some really great stuff just to also kind of follow. Thank you. Once again, Natasha, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you. If you learned anything today or feel inspired to move forward from the situations not working for you, then you got me cheering for you. Share this episode with someone who needs to hear this. Drop me a rating, give me a review, and tap the subscribe button. That's going to make me so happy. Share your thoughts and tell me how this podcast is helping you. Tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and tag me too at Sanaya Gurnamal. Sanaya is spelled S-A-N-A-I-Y-A-H-G-U-R-N-A-M-A-L. The great Nelson Mandela once said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. So courage is what we develop when we face our fears and we choose to move past them. And while you do so, always remember you are loved. Thank you for listening to Project Loving Myself, the journey of self-love and self-discovery. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia 
and powered by Pod Machine. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.